This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, welcome in, everybody. Sports Talk Wednesday night. It's good to have you with us. Phil Kornblut, Chris Bergen, and Josh Cohen. Phone number 888-898-2525. Wow. Whoa. Woo. Gamecocks. Recruiting. Fire. Somebody call the fire department. As Beamer just tweeted out a little while ago, they're on fire. He also tweeted out earlier those who would question the success of this past recruiting weekend, as he put it, SMH. He was SMHing all over the place with that. How dare you? How dare you think that he ain't getting it done on the recruiting trail? And if things follow through, as have been reported, well, it's been pretty successful. They got McGowan, the wide receiver. He committed uh, today, announced a commitment today. They got the running back uh, last night from North Texas and reports this morning, reports this morning on both the major recruiting networks that Rocket Sanders plans to uh, transfer. The key word there is plans. Now, unless something's happened in the last few minutes, Sanders himself has not come out and announced a commitment to the Gamecocks. But that's probably just a formality. If these guys are so uh, sure about their information that they're putting it out there that he is going to be transferring to South Carolina. I mean, if you're a Gamecock fan, you'd like to have the hard word from the man himself. But uh, so far, that hasn't happened, at least when I left uh, my home office. Maybe something's happened in the last little bit. Bergie, have you seen anything out there in the last little bit? No, I have not. And the one thing that I've watched over the years with regards to our recruiting reports, you in particular here on Sports Talk, the one thing you've always gotten criticized for was stealing the kid's moment. How dare you report stealing a kid's moment? So once you get in the transfer portal, is that no longer a concern anymore? Cry me a river. (laughs) People can report whatever necessary and steal the kid's moment. Yeah, really. uh, Raheem Sanders hasn't said a word. No, he has The latest thing he tweeted was about one of his, I guess, friends that has committed to Ole Miss. <laughs> That's about the only thing I've seen here the last uh, 10, you know, 10 hours or so from him. Yeah. But, yeah, I thought, I, you, I've seen enough people criticize you for how dare you steal a high school kid's moment no. and dare to report that he's committed to the Gamecocks or Tigers. So, I guess once you get into the transfer portal, you've already blown your moment, and so it's not that big a deal anymore to protect the, uh, Pretty much. the rights of these young guys. I mean, you know, look, it's once in a blue moon that I get the opportunity to actually break a commitment that nobody else has, has put out there. It just doesn't happen anymore because of the – arrangement of the recruiting networks with the players, their relationships. I don't have that. I don't want that. And it's fine. I mean, once it's on Twitter and it's been retweeted within 10 seconds and who remembers who actually put it out there first, right? It's it's pretty irrelevant. And I don't really care. I don't seek the adulation from the standpoint. Don't you see the irony of that though? Oh, I do. I do. I guess, but you know, I guess when it comes to 
the transfers, you know, the transfers, it's more of a business thing. It's not an emotional thing for the most part. For most of these guys, it's a business decision in that uh, they're, they're making a move for playing time or they're making a move to improve their NIL situation. And the high schooler, to some degree, maybe to a large degree, but maybe that's sh- shrinking, it's still about love and uh, the culture of a school and uh, you know, getting that first opportunity to play on the next level and just being caught up in the, in the mm-hmm. moment of the recruiting. The, the guys that are in the transfer portal, they've been through all that. You know, they've been wined and dined already. Maybe they're being wined and dined again a second time around. But I think for the most part, when these guys go visit a school as a transfer, uh, you know, they've already seen the glitter. They've seen the weight rooms. And you can't impress them really with that anymore. It's about playing time and now the NIL deal. Funny. What kind of deal yeah. are you putting on the table? You know, as Cliff Ellis said when he retired, he's becoming or became – Less of a coach and more of a general manager <laughs> when it came to dealing with his players and dealing with his roster. And that's what I got to believe when you sit down behind the scenes now with head coaches. And, uh, you know, some, I read a tweet maybe last week where some transfers are going on visits with their agents. So but what does that tell you with that? <laughs> Not mom and dad or maybe mom, dad, sister, brother, girlfriend, and agent. Um, who might also be doubling as a cousin. Who knows what the situation is. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's where it is. But South Carolina right now having a pretty good roll of it, and I've kind of lost track. So the uh, commitment they, they got last night from uh, the running back from uh, North Texas, Oscar Attaway. Five, it's a really 10, good 19. kid, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this, this is a kid that protects the football probably better than anybody in the country. What he had one fumble, if I'm not mistaken, this past year or in his career at North mm. Texas. I mean, I think he'll be a good fill in, and probably if they do get Sanders, which all indications are they will, I think he's the perfect sort of, you know, one B out of the backfield for them. And they're starting to stockpile in a room that was just decimated this past year. And I, I'm guessing that Shane Beamer and his staff don't want to go through what they went through this past year ever again. So I would think not. It's like you can. it's like being caught shorthanded at quarterback. You know, you don't yeah, want right, you right. don't want that to happen to where you're having to use a, a grad assistant coach as your starting quarterback. That's that's not a formula for success. Uh, so the Gamecocks got that running back. Uh, they are being projected to get uh, Rocket Sanders, who in 2022 emerged as one of the best running backs in the country. This past season, injuries limited him to six games if he's healthy and gets back to where he was he's a quality running back but I you also have to say this uh, he ran behind that big Arkansas offensive line in 2022 he ran for 156 yards on 24 carries against the Gamecocks in that September game in Fayetteville 40 to 30 was the final score Uh, South Carolina couldn't stop him he also had three catches in that game they really couldn't stop him um but South Carolina's offensive line has got to show a heck of a lot of improvement to be able to give a back that kind of an opportunity in a particular game against a SEC competition or Clemson or somebody of that magnitude. And then this afternoon, Jaden McGowan, the Lawrence native, announced his commitment to the Gamecocks, 5'8", 180, wide receiver, slot receiver, very good speed, 
a good story here because here was a kid that was ignored pretty much. He came to South Carolina camp going into his senior year that summer, and he pulled a hamstring in the camp and really couldn't show out like he wanted to. And so the Gamecocks passed on him. But now they get him on the transfer rebound. So all's well that ends well. It's good to see a South Carolina kid get a chance to come back home and and play for one of the uh, state schools. So, and that was one of Beamer's um, alerts uh, around 2 o'clock this afternoon. It was shortly after that that uh, McGowan announced. uh, And then the one this morning, I'm believing, I guess the one he put out this morning would be for Sanders. And then he put out another one about an hour ago, which uh, I don't think has been claimed yet. Have you seen anybody claim that one yet? I have not yeah. not seen. I've, I've lost track with yeah. Beamer here the last 48 hours. I think he's, there's he's two out those there. welcome home alerts all yeah. over the place. I think there's two out there. I think there's you know the one that I guess is for Sanders and now one that I guess is for somebody else. Uh, and you think about who that might be for. Um, go back and look at the list of uh, folks that came in for official visits this past weekend, and maybe you can um, – come up with an idea of of who that might be and in fact uh, we'll do that right now and see if any anything comes to mind as a as a possibility so from this past weekend they got uh, Jerome Simmons uh, they got him from the official visits this past weekend and let's see here I want to uh, I want to take a look at this and uh, see if I can find somebody else that might be uh, likely um and I'll have to do that in just a second because my uh, my database is not cooperating. But Simmons was one. Um, you know, here's one thing they've got to do, though, Chris, with all these transfers and, you know, getting running backs and wide receivers. They do have one defensive lineman coming in. Yeah, that's good. they got to get some offensive linemen. No, no doubt. They, they they must because you what are you convincing Rocket Sanders and Attaway and these guys that hey this is the line you're going to run behind that they just saw give up sacks by the bushel load and not be able to carve out any semblance of a running game this past year or have they convinced these guys and I mean these are two fairly talented including my dog is upset about the offensive line evidently oh, hey Finn. <laughs> You know, this is a family show. Let's welcome it, it Finn is. into the show. <laughs> Finn is Finn must hear my wife pulling in, so I'm going to let. Yep, mm. she is here, so yep. he's going to go play nice. with her now. Nice. <laughs> but my point is, you're getting two quality running backs to come in. There must be something they are telling them that has convinced them you're not going to have to run behind as poor as the line as say Mario Anderson had to do last year. Mm. So you're right. So I'm thinking here as I look over this. Let's go through the list that came in. So Simmons committed. So he's in. McGowan committed, so he's in. Neville committed to uh, Virginia, so he's out. It could be Gerald Kilgore, the safety, mm. whose brother is uh, on the team, of course. Right. And that would be a, a pretty strong guess. So he told me again earlier this week he did plan to take his other official visits. In fact, he's supposed to be at FAU today. So uh, double-check on that. Um, Jared Brown visited. Uh, he's in. So, um, and, of course, Rocket Sanders was in. Maybe one of those was his. L.T. Overton is visiting Alabama this weekend, supposedly. So it's probably not him. And his brother, defensive tackle Micaiah Overton. Haven't heard anything more about him. Uh, possible there. Oscar Attaway was in. So it was, now he's already committed. Uh, right. Elijah Green. 
Now, you know what? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I have an idea. I tweeted out this afternoon. He was still on his uh, official visit or his visit. I'm not sure if it was official otherwise. The transfer running back from South Carolina State. And they had offered him, but he was still in on his visit. And Warren Hallow. Yeah. So now I'm thinking maybe maybe that's him. Could be him. Maybe. I'm thinking out loud, it could be him because um he gotten his offer today. If you're a South Carolina State prospect, Indiana's his other offer, and um South Carolina offers you. Now he's from Mooresville, North Carolina. But if South Carolina offers you, um, he might have jumped on that offer right then and there before taking off. We'll double-check on that. I think it would be – my guess is it might be him. I would think that that's possible. Uh, Or it might be Kilgore, though Kilgore could be on a visit somewhere else. Yeah, I think it it, it might be more that running back. Um, So we'll see. We'll We'll do a little checking on that and see what we can find out. We'll give you more in recruiting coming up a little bit later. Clemson did miss on another offensive lineman target. That's two in the portal that they've missed on. Uh, One that went to uh, Penn State, and then this most recent one, the transfer from Middle Tennessee State today, he committed to Georgia Tech. So change offensive line coaches, but no change thus far uh, in the recruiting success of offensive linemen for the Tigers. Um, They're having a hard time, for whatever reason, getting guys out of the transfer portal, John, on the offensive line to come join them. They struck out last year trying to do the same thing, and so far the same this year. I wonder if that's the big reason, not necessarily production on the field, but maybe the lack of success in recruiting that position that Dabo Sweeney made the change to Matt Luke. I wonder if if that, when he sort of looked inside the OL room and realized we're starting to miss out on players that we have normally gotten in the past, Maybe I need to make a change there just from a recruiting standpoint as much as anything because I think both of us agreed that the offensive line, I thought, played pretty well down the stretch for Clemson. I don't necessarily think it was as much lack of production on the field as it maybe just lack of production in recruiting. Is that fair? Yeah. I think so. I think he looked at everything. Mm-hmm. I think he looked at everything and um, uh, made the decision to make the change there, and the recruiting aspect of that might have been part of it. Uh, let me just double-check something here. Okay, so uh, Howell, as I look at this, he actually had an offer from South Carolina, even though he, he told me today. When I, ch- I called to check on him, I didn't realize he was still on his visit. I just said, you know, do you have an offer? And he said, yeah. He actually tweeted out an offer from the Gamecocks a couple of days ago, back on the 7th. So he's had an offer from South Carolina. So getting an offer uh, was not a new thing for him. He's had that had that offer going into the visit. Uh he had an offer from Oregon State, had an offer from Indiana uh, since entering the uh, Portal John, uh, an offer from Wofford, uh, Akron, uh, Charlotte had also offered him. So he's had an offer from South Carolina. That is not uh, a new thing. Okay, uh, let's go to the phone calls. We've got a busy show going on tonight. We'll uh, fill you in on what's coming up, but you want to hang in there with us and uh, stay tuned for the entire program. Phone number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number for you here on Sports Talk to reach us. And uh, Josh is lining up the calls. And we're going to go to uh, Hank in Columbia, first up tonight on Sports Talk. Hank, good to have you with us. Welcome in. Hey, Corn. Um, 
one uh two things. Um one thing when you when you speak about the offensive line and, and convincing those running backs, the one thing you got all everybody's gotta remember, even if they wanna stick their head in the sand about it, was that last year, um, you know, Marky Anderson was a guy that it was seen that was was supposed to play on the offensive line and 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 get the playing time for the youngest guys. And Jackson Hughes and Casey Henry and um, I can't remember if it was Ja'Kai Moore. Uh, Jalen Nichols. Jalen Nichols. Jalen, yeah. Those were the guys that were supposed to play who injuries never allowed them to play uh, games, much less even play together to develop. So you, you had a rough year last year, but a lot of those guys came in were supposed to be guys who were supposed to take – you know, get a year or two in the system and, and in the weights and everything. So if you if you got those guys coming back, now you have uh, – first of all, you have more options just on campus and you have depth. And then with the offensive linemen, not that they wouldn't want, like to get a, maybe a good tackle or so, you're bringing in one of your best offensive line classes here. It looks like ever. Yeah, but <laughs> so, you're talking about – again, you're talking about freshmen. and Yeah, I'm not talking about – I'm not talking about them being the mainstay corn. I'm just yeah. saying that even the guys that were playing last year, those weren't the guys that, that they originally thought they were going to play, go with last year. All those guys were the guys that Beamer kept on saying he was walking past when he would go out to the field. Mm-hmm. And you had those 10 guys in the in the, in the the injury room. So I'm, sometimes, you know, I'm not saying it is, but I'm just saying, you know, they may know what they have on campus when they're healthy and can put them together. Um but, so that was one of the things I want to say. But well, the other when you thing was, when you look at it, let me say this: when you look at what they've got next year, you got Garjulo's coming back. Don't know if he'll play center or guard, but he's coming back. Uh, Ball's coming back. Babalande is coming back. Um, you've got Sidney Fugar uh, coming back. You mentioned Case and Henry. Um, you got Shivers coming back. Uh, Nye Mansell, who was banged up, he comes back. Marquis Anderson returns. And um, Jackson Hughes, you mentioned him. Nichols should be back. I'm assuming these guys are all coming back. Keep in mind, the portal John window stays open till January 2nd. You're going to see a lot more names. Once these teams play their bowl games and wrap it up, you're probably going to see a bunch of more people jump into the portal, John, yeah. as well. The reason I said is because, you know, the teams that are not in bowls, you're, you're kind of seeing their guys get out in the portal so they can get ahead of the game. Yeah. <laughs> Before the, uh, so you would think that you know about by this time a lot of them uh, are in if they're going to be in because it, it gives them a leg up on you know the money the money grab and everything from the other guys. Um, so you know that's one thing you got, you got to take into account and you got to take into account like what Tommy West told somebody one time. You know we do practice and get better, mm. <laughs> but um, uh, I remember somebody asked them how how they improve so much. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we do what well, we do practice. So um, I, I, I wanted to mention that, but I also wanted to say that um, you saw the ruling where now the court uh, put that injunction up and the NCAA is not even going to fight it on the mm. multi-transfers for kids to multi-transfer and be able to play immediately. Well, it's good for two and weeks. It's good for two weeks. I, yeah, it's good for two weeks right now, but yeah. if, you think, if you think that they're going to stick uh, – if they've gotten that ruling from the judge, if you think they're not heading right back to <laughs> the judge afterwards, yeah. Um, if, well, if, then you yourself. You know, they called a temporary <laughs> injunction. You know, my one day in law school, uh, they called a temporary injunction for a reason. It's it's temporary, 
so they're giving them 14 days, and the NCAA says if the rule changes back to what it was, but you play in this 14-day window, it won't be held against you. Um, yeah, just another L, Chris, and thank you for the call, Hank. Just another L for the NCAA when it comes to their rules and bylaws. Well, and they're afraid now because they've lost so many court cases. I think they're afraid to stand up on their two legs and try and defend anything they're doing. And I think uh, players, coaches, programs, the whole nine yards just feel like they can run right roughshod over the NCAA. And I think history has proven that to be the case. I don't think this is going to change. I don't think anybody's going to challenge it. And if if it gets into a situation where the NCAA tries to impose a situation where you have to sit out when you transfer any length of time, whether it be your second transfer, your third, your fourth, your ninth, whatever the case, I, I think somebody will go to court and they're going to probably win. The NCAA has seen the writing on the wall that they have very little in terms of teeth to fight any of this stuff. And I thought it was interesting, two quick points, and then we can get back to the calls. Uh, Tim Beck today talking about the transfer portal, something I had not considered, Phil. How about the teams that are playing a bowl game this Saturday? Imagine what they're dealing with. First mm-hmm. off, they, you know, a lot of them are sort of group of five type teams, obviously playing this early in the bowl season. So they've got players that are probably leaving their program, much like Coastal's had several. But then they also have to try and make sure that they've got enough players to be able to compete in the bowl game this weekend. And then, oh, by the way, let's try and get out in the portal and try and pull some guys in to replace the guys we are losing all while we're trying to get ready for the bowl game. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's absolute insanity. I mean, it's like. Like Cliff Ellis said, he's more of a general manager than he is a coach trying to trying to manage a a roster. Looking at the Gamecocks offensive linemen and going by their stated uh, class where they are academically in years in school. So Vershawn Lee can come back. Trey Jones can come back. Uh, Tyshawn, no, let's see. Uh, uh, Ryan Brubaker can come back. Um, most of their offensive linemen, none of them walked on senior night. Looking at the list of right. guys that walked on senior night, none of their offensive linemen walked on senior night, which, you know, if you're a Gamecock fan, you might be thinking, well, that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, kind of wish some of them did. Uh, no, Tyshawn Walker has uh, – Tyshawn Wanamaker, I'm sorry, Tyshawn Wanamaker has another uh, – at least another year. He could come back. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if all these guys come back with the guys coming in and the guys they might add, it'll be an experienced and deep room in terms of numbers. They won't have any shortage there in terms of numbers. Well, and Hank made a great point about their entries last year, and there's no question that affected what they were going to do. But I ran across a, a stat from on a Twitter feed from SC, SEC StatCat. And looking at the last three years, uh, the run game for South Carolina under Shane Beamer, uh, both run yardage, before contact and also negative run percentage last year it was 14 percent negative runs fifth 14 percent back in 2022 13 percent in 2021 and all three years they have been less than two yards per carry before they run into contact that's an offensive line regardless injuries or otherwise that's not getting it done and not allowing the running backs to have any space and that that goes back to 2021 not just this past season yeah all right, uh, phone number triple eight eight nine eight two five two five, and just got a text from a contact who said to me the uh, he said the new commitment. Well, I'm going to kind of until I see something. He indicates to me it's the DT from Pittsburgh who was in for a visit, an official visit, uh, yesterday and today. Jules, is his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull him up here. 
Let's see what we got. Um, that could be him. Let's see. Uh, DeAndre Jules, 6'3", 310. Transfer from Pitt. Visited Florida last weekend. South Carolina, the middle of this week. That's that's a possibility for who it might be. Haven't seen anything think the transfer official. transfer portal and recruiting will be live radio on Sports Talk? <laughs> well, not the transfer. Kids. <laughs> not the, I mean, recruiting has always been live, but not, you know, this transfer stuff is a new phenomenon. Yeah, that's 6.30 at night we're, we're following kids who may commit. <laughs> it's a uh, – it's a it's a new phenomenon. Um, I'm seeing some other people that I don't recognize on the internet claiming that he's committed to South Carolina. So we shall see. That could be who it is. Okay, we'll hit the break on Sports Talk. Keep a watch on all of this. Continue with your phone calls in a moment. Be right back. Okay, we're back on Sports Talk. Phone number 888-898-2525. Back to your calls in a moment. Grayson McCall, a North Carolina native, is heading to NC State to continue his career. Though, will he be with the team when it goes out to Hawaii? Don't know. Uh, Tim Beck today during the press conference left the door a little bit ajar, said he wouldn't play. He, He was doubtful to play. But he didn't say flat out he was not going to travel. Now, it looks like Jared Brown will not travel with the team after his commitment to South Carolina. <laughs> uh, they're, st- they're still working on the I'm roster. sorry. He's already started in the weight room in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be my guess. But uh, they're still working on the roster, according to Coach Beck. So they're still trying to navigate through all this stuff. As he pointed out, coaches are now zookeepers trying mm. to get in and, and keep a, a wraps on what's going on. But I saw Grayson at the uh, football building today so he's still on campus i just don't know i guess we won't find out until we get out to hawaii next week as to whether or not grayson's on the trip our poll question of the week related to nil deals would you like to see financial details of nil deals for players made public in the way coaches salaries are we've had uh, 353 votes come in and 6200 views 353 votes uh, and thus far, 92.9% say, yeah, they want to see financial details for the money that's being uh, given to players. That's 92.9% versus 7.1%, so a very strong feeling from the sample that we've got, a very strong feeling from people to uh, to make that public. But as we talked about, I guess under the current uh, way it's being handled, probably never will be made public unless no. a player wants to make it public. Sure. Now, if they want to say what they're making, that's certainly up to them. Mm. But unless they're employees of state universities, I don't think you'll ever see that kind of uh, dollar figures at least being written in stone so we can all peer in and find out how much Spencer Rattler or Kate Klubnick makes. You know, if the Gamecocks do get, if it does indeed happen that they're getting Rocket Sanders and they've already um, – uh, they've already gotten another transfer uh, running back. Uh, the flip of that is it can hurt you in recruiting high schoolers. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing here where Sam Spiegelman with on three now has logged a quote-unquote expert prediction 
for Mississippi State to land Daniel Hill. Mississippi State would be a a late player in this deal. Not that they weren't always there, but he never mentioned Mississippi State. It was always South Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee. He did take an official to Mississippi State over the weekend. They do have a new coach who's very offensive-minded, and Hill may be looking at the South Carolina situation and seeing that they've got Matthew Fuller coming in. They've got a couple of running backs returning. They've added one uh, and maybe two, and and if Sanders is indeed coming to South Carolina, you know he'll be the – the favorite to be the workhorse to get the bulk of the carries, I would think. So the 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 cost of hitting the portal hard is that you can miss on good high school talent. So that's the risk you run. So if this prediction holds up, you know, it's one of those well, he's on, on three, so they use a, a they use some kind of a machine to do their predictions. They don't do crystal balls. Um I'm not sure if he's free to change his as as uh, easily as the crystal ballers change their predictions whenever they get a different piece of information. But he is now projecting, this guy's projecting Daniel Hill to Mississippi State, when it certainly looked like South Carolina was going to be the the place for him at one point. All right, back to the phones. 888-898-2525 is our phone number. And uh, we're going to go next to, is it Keith in Camden? All right, Keith, welcome in. Appreciate you holding on, and you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Phil. Hey. Chris. Hey. Yeah, I hope you all having a good evening. Um, you, you know, it just goes back. They, they've been – they put all their eggs in the basket with Hill, and I was listening last night. You had the South Carolina guy. I don't remember his name speaking, but you know what? It was great to hear the first thing out of his mouth. Of course, you – asked the question, and what did he have to say? Dunbar, Dunbar, Dunbar. So, um, you, you know, wh- whatever happened to to, the, to to kids coming in and competing uh, and not being intimidated by somebody else that uh, university signed? Keith, you got to get over. You got to get over <laughs> what was the way of the way of the world and get with yeah. the way of the way of the world now. I mean, I've had to do the same thing. I mean, I'm like you. I think like you do. We yeah. think alike. And um, I'd like, you know, would well, I, I would yeah. I prefer turning the clock back to the way things were, say, no, no more than three or four years ago where players did Absolutely. compete, where players just didn't pick up their football and go somewhere else at the hint of a, Loss of playing time, or or if you got yelled at for missing a block or fumbling the football, by God, your feelings are being hurt. You, you go transfer. I, I, I wish we we would get back to that. I wish that uh, yeah. we had had a better system here to deal with paying the players versus the system we've got now. And, yeah. and maybe in time, you know, the problem is right now we're all having to um, having to struggle through this brand new era with no leadership, no guidance, and everybody going to get theirs. And you know what? These players realize we better go get ours now before they do finally come up with some rules and put a cap on this stuff, and we're not able to cash in like we can now. Yeah, yeah. So can you, well, look, from that standpoint, can look, you really blame them? I, I don't blame them, but let me do this uh, question. Mm-hmm. You went over, and maybe you'll get it later when you get to recruiting, you were talking about all the offensive line Uh I'm curious, uh, and Hank did a great job, who do we know or think that we have coming in this new? Because I saw us listening to something the other week where it talked about contact 
behind the line of scrimmage, us leading the nation uh, in that, which speaks about our offensive line, and I think Chris made a comment about it. So uh, talk to us about who we potentially have coming in. Well, your commitments, and thank you very much. I mean, your commitments are very good ones. you got the best in South Carolina. You got Blake Franks, an offensive guard, 6'5, 310 Shrine Bowler. You got offensive tackle Cam Pringle, 6'7, 315, a Shrine Bowler, though he's hurt, not able to play. You got Josiah Thompson, an offensive tackle, 6'7, 290. He's a Shrine Bowler. You got the three best offensive linemen the state produced in 2024. So that's the beginning. Those are the three that are coming in in the class. And now you have to add to them through the portal john and again to this point uh, they have not added any offensive linemen Uh, looks like they've added a second defensive lineman i'm seeing more uh, reporting on this jules kid from pittsburgh being the person who the most recent commitment alert was uh, assigned to uh, by beamer so that would account for everything then that would account for jules for this uh, last commitment alert and if the early one earlier today was for um, rocket sanders and that would account for all the uh, commitment alerts uh, chris i know you like to keep up and make sure they're all checked off those boxes are all checked off I, 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 I do i do because I, I lose count if i don't keep them you know all in a row i wish beamer would send out a commitment alert and then it would be followed by the commitment and it make it easier on us well that's what mcgowan did down you know, the road. mcgowan was within a few minutes of the alert mm-hmm. so yeah. that was good so, Jules, 6'3", 310, and if you add him to the Gamecock list, that's 22 newcomers, and that is two interior defensive linemen, Jerome Simmons and the transfer, DeAndre Jules, from Pittsburgh. So, one is 6'4", 333, the other is 6'3", 210. So, if nothing else, they're bulking up in the middle of their defense. Not to mention, of course, uh, some of the defensive linemen who will be returning next season. In fact, um, pretty much the bulk of their defensive front plans to return. Tonka Hemingway plans to return. Uh, Alex Huntley plans to return. Uh, T.J. Sanders is back. Elijah Davis is back. Nick Barrett, to this point, is back. Again, others can depart, or you can depart, between now and uh, January 2nd. But to this point, all those guys are hanging in there. Um did I say Elijah Davis? Elijah Davis is back, though he sometimes plays out on the edge. They do lose DeAndre Martin, who's transferred to Charlotte. They do lose Xavier McLeod, who's transferring. Um, Jatias uh, Gear will be back uh, for another year. So um, they're in pretty good shape. They're in pretty good shape with their defensive line. Veterans returning and also a couple of newcomers there to give them a little more bulk in the middle. All right, to the phones we continue. 888 Let's go to um, Doug. Doug Holliday, the voice of Lawrence High School Red Raider football. No, yeah. No, just Raiders. Just Raiders, I'm sorry. Just Raiders. Yeah, They're Latta green, so used to be, be the Red Raiders. Bamberg Earhart is the Red Raiders. The Lauren Raiders. Doug Holliday. Hey, welcome in. I, I imagine you're calling about Mr. McGowan. Uh, absolutely, Phil. I'm I'm a Carolina grad, and, and I was excited when I saw uh, saw his commitment this afternoon. Uh, that's a, a great young man. Um, I hate he was hurt at uh, Carolina's camp before his senior year and didn't get to show what he can do. But he is uh, 
He's a great kid. He's a phenomenal player. Um, you get him the ball in space, and he can he can do a whole lot of things. Uh, he was he didn't run track his senior year because he enrolled at Vanderbilt mid year, but his junior year uh, he was the 100 meter and 200 meter state champion in 4A. Uh, he can he can fly, and uh, he's a really really uh, good football player. Like you can uh, run the jet sweeps, you can run the ball with him, you can throw it to him out of the slot. Uh, and the thing that really excites me is, you know, the creativity you see from Pete Limbo. If they can get him the ball on special teams on returns, uh, you know, he he can do some damage. So uh, that may not seem like a great commitment. You look at him and go, hey, he's five eight, but he has outstanding speed. Uh, and and I'm really really excited to see him in the Garnet Black. Well, I mean, I remember you talking about him a couple of years ago when you would call in on the scoreboard. And I mean, he's a guy in the slot that replaces an Amarian Brown. Uh, he gives you speed there. Uh, he maybe gives you some speed like Juice Wells. Maybe they can put him outside as well. Uh, maybe you can do some jet sweeps with him. i tell you what, I mean, it's not easy. I hate to pick on Vanderbilt because their program is, you know, not very strong. They don't have a lot of great players. But when an individual stands out at Vanderbilt, they really stand out like Ray Davis, the running back. And you have right. to give McGowan's credit for going there and and had 80 catches in his two seasons there, and most of that in SEC competition. That's pretty impressive. Yes, it is. And and, and one good example, and my my color commentator Mike Hughes uh, has kidded me about this a couple of times. I think we were at White Knoll a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they threw a pass out in the flat. Jaden caught it, um, and the first thing out of my mouth was, "He's he's gone." Um, after the play was over, Mike looked at me. He said, "Did you realize there was somebody right in front of him?" with the deadline at him five feet between him and the goal line. And I said, no, I didn't, but I, I guess I'm just so used to seeing him take off and leave people uh, that, that that came out. But he's uh, he's uh, he's he can win a foot race very easily. I, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of bubbling over and being a, a being a fan here rather than a reporter for mm-hmm. the Raiders, but uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him headed to Carolina. Well, listen, appreciate the phone call. And uh, I know Gamecock fans have got to be excited. Obviously, Beamer's excited. And it's great hearing from you. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, Doug. Thanks, Phil. Doug Holliday from up in Lawrence. we got to run to a break, and we'll be back. Phone number, 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery. Lucky number for you here on Sports Talk. Hey, a reminder... You're looking for a place to stay at the beach, take care of your vacation holidays, make sure you give Jimmy Smith a call at pauliesvacationrentals.com, 843-237-4246, or online at pauliesvacationrentals.com. We'll be right back. Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. 
You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. Hi, this is Lisa Hosteller-Brown. Do you know the difference between a revocable trust and an irrevocable trust? The difference could easily save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in long-term care costs. Visit LawyerLisa.com to schedule a consultation today. Call Lawyer Lisa. Experience the difference with Lawyer Lisa. 7511 St. Andrews Road, Irmo, South Carolina. Daddy, you need a trust. The lottery is not about getting rich. It's about helping people. And it always has been. The lottery is what helped raise the Great Wall of China, build the roads of Rome, and today in South Carolina, it's what generates millions of dollars each year for scholarships like the SC Hope, Life, and Palmetto Fellows. The South Carolina Education Lottery is investing in you. Visit sceducationlottery.com slash better you to learn more. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. George Bryant here with Tsunami Bar Sports, and wow, Tsunami Robbie, there is now an amazing technology that you can use when you train, receiving large gain without having to endure pain. Please explain. George, that is the magic combination. I have three simple words to define that entire concept. Stimulation, not annihilation. Regardless of your training goals, there is a level of stimulation that is optimal for your desired gains. Tsunami Bar's flexible bar technology meets these demands because the user determines the level of stimulation with the amount of speed and force they impart into the bar or training device. Hey, this is Phil Kornblut. The Tsunami Bar is a terrific training device whether you're working on your fitness or your golf game. It's convenient, it's easy to use, and you won't feel beat up afterwards. Be sure to click on the digital ad on sportstalksc.com and get 5% off any order using promo code B. BB5. Don't wait. Order today. We have got a ton coming up. Of course, the SEC starting at 7 o'clock is going to have their 2024 conference football schedule reveal dum 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 hmm only the sec can make this a well the huge, nfl huge does the deal. same thing but yeah well, the that, sec is true. sort that's of the same mindset they think they are the the end all do all got to be all uh, football league and i guess they are they're not uh, wrong though are they no and then also at seven o'clock another edition of hooping and hollering coach john combs is off tonight taking care of some business. So we're going to have a couple of other high school coaches. Elliot Pope from Lexington High School is going to be with us, and Josh Staley from Ridgeview. Their teams played very well in the bash last week and are off to great starts. And so we'll visit with them coming up a little bit after 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll have the recruiting report as well in our second hour. So we got all that coming your way. Oh, we'll hear from um, 
Coach Beck, and uh, perhaps a little bit today. Yeah, and perhaps a little bit from the new Clemson offensive line coach uh, Matt Luke, who visited with the media yesterday after after I left. A uh, couple of comments on our stream feed here from folks listening to us. Uh, Ray Ray says, talking about South Carolina's recruiting, successful when you're wearing the garnet-colored glasses, as always. I'm sure teams are trembling with all these blue chippers Carolina is pulling in. Save some for the rest. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. You're always a uh, a warm you always give us a nice, warm message, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, yeah, we, Grayson McCall to NC State, we knew that. Uh, Norman says, latest commitment is a DL from Pitt. DeAndre Jules, thank you. Uh, David uh, Rocket Sanders, probably collect his million and then leave again after next year, question mark. Um, Danny fires back at Ray, not trembling at all and see where they are rated nationally. Clemson brought in top recruit in state. Carolina has lost a load in the portal, John. <laughs> Who are they playing in the bowl <laughs> on a national level? They have never done crap. That's from Danny. All right. Maybe I shouldn't read these things on the air. They get yeah, a little you probably too. need to read through them first. <laughs> All right, Not back to the phones. Let's go to Ron. Let's go to Ron. And is Ron in Greenville? Where is Ron? I don't have a town. Ron, wherever you are, welcome in to Sports Talk. Well, thanks there, Freer. How you doing? It is Ron in Greenville. Hey, we're doing fine. Yeah, man. You know, uh, you know, I just to listen to what you said. You know, Gamecock fans shouldn't get real excited because they misspelled in as a as a recruiting coach. They can't get the the players, the high school players, so he's trying to get these guys to come in and play one or two years then leave the program. And they will because uh, they know that South Carolina is not a winning school. They're not going to win. They're probably not going to go to a bowl. They're, not going, they're probably not going to play in the NFL. So let's just go get all the money we can and go from there. That makes sense. Well, I mean, look, there's two ways of looking at this thing uh, if you're South Carolina. I mean, what can, you, what can you sell to top high school recruits right now? I mean, you, you know, Beamer sells family and culture and fan support, uh, facilities, you know, school, all that kind of stuff. But they, they, can't sell, they can't sell winning. They can't sell traditions. They can't sell championships. So, you know, kids that are – impressed by that are going to have a hard time seeing that at South Carolina from a high school standpoint. The transfers are looking for, as we mentioned before, playing opportunity, playing time. They're looking for their NIL bag as well now in this current uh, atmosphere that we have. And so the fastest way to get to a winning program on a high level is to go out and bring in as many of these older transfer players as you can. Now, it does mean, for the most part, you're constantly having to replace them. And so you get into that cycle of constantly having to replace these one-and-done players that come in. You can do that. You know, you can continue to recruit the portal as hard as possible. If that means recruiting 10 or 12 or 15 transfers every year to get it done, 
uh, and, and mixing in what high school players you can bring in but not really having a chance to develop those guys, well, that's the price you pay. But if you're a place like yeah. South Carolina and you're not a championship-level program on a well forever uh, and you're trying to get there, Chris, I mean, this is a brand-new avenue, and Beamer had he made no bones about it from the get that this was going to be something he was going to go after hard as a way to try to bring in better players. It's absolutely smart. And let's face it, you know, when, as you pointed out, when you can't sell tradition and championships, you've got to find a way to get your niche in an awfully difficult league. And one way to do that right now to rebuild the program is a transfer portal. But I think in, in Ron's point about them not being able to recruit high school players, I'm not so sure that that falls true because, I mean, look at the offensive linemen that they've got coming in from the state. And I think everybody would agree Xavier Leggett was an outstanding get, though it, I'm not sure anybody knew what he was going to turn into when he was at Mullins High School and decided to come to Carolina. So, But I, I think to fill in the needs, and South Carolina has plenty, the transfer portal makes a lot of sense for them right now. Now, five years down the road, will it still make as much sense? You, you would hope if you're Shane Beamer, no. You've established your program and you're able to work the high schools and, and build your program that way. But right now, I think it makes perfect sense for them, and it's probably the only way they can go to survive is in the transfer portal. Speaking of offensive linemen, just seeing a tweet from Furman grad transfer offensive tackle Pearson Toomey that he got an offer from South Carolina. I think he just entered the transfer portal, John, today. And he's picked up Texas A&M. Yeah, he entered the portal, John, like five hours ago. He's picked up Texas A&M, Charlotte, Pitt, South Carolina, Michigan State, Georgia State, Tulane. He's a Southern Conference, all-Southern Conference guy and a FCS All-American, too. Be back in a moment. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on a very busy Wednesday night. We've got the recruiting report coming up for you in a little bit. So uh, hang in there for that. Go back over some of the things we've been talking about already tonight. In just a moment, we're going to have tonight's edition of Hooping and Hollering as we focus on high school basketball here in the state of South Carolina. Coach Combs, who is the director of the South Carolina Basketball Coaches Association, who we work with on this segment, not with us tonight. We're going to have a couple of other uh, fine representatives of uh, high school basketball in our state, a couple of the outstanding coaches, Coach Elliot Pope from Lexington and Coach Josh Staley from Ridgeview. Uh, both are off to uh, terrific starts uh, on their seasons. Both were in the bash last week and had uh, some uh, significant wins there. And I think we've got both coaches. Nope, we'll have both coaches here with us in just a moment. And we'll bring them on board to talk about their teams and the bash and uh, high school basketball here in South Carolina. We have just Coach Pope right now? Yes. Is that what we have? Okay. We'll go ahead and go with Coach Pope. We'll try and connect with Coach Staley here uh, momentarily. But, uh, Coach Pope, good to have you with us tonight here on Hooping and Hollering. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you all? Hey, we're doing fantastic. Appreciate you joining us. And uh, 
fill us in on what you thought about your team last week in the bash and the way things are going for you guys uh, here early in the season. Man, first off, uh, you know, thanks to Brian Rosehill for including us in that. That was a massive event. They, they do a tremendous job. We've been fortunate enough to be to a couple of different events, but uh, Coach Ro- Ro- uh, Rosefield over at, at uh, Ridgeview does a fantastic job with that event, and it was awesome to be a part of it again. But I um, thought our kids played well. Uh, you know, we were uh, down. One of our uh, players, Caleb Evans, uh, had a little bit of an ankle tweak uh, versus Irmo earlier in the week and couldn't go, so we were a little bit shorthanded. But played a really talented St. Francis team, and we're just uh, fortunate to come out on top on that one. So you, we know you've got uh, a terrific player in Cam Scott to kind of lead you headed to Texas. Um, how would you describe uh, his off-season preparation as he got ready for this season, the way he worked, the way he went through uh, the grassroots uh, season, and the way he came back to you for the start of camp and the early part of this season? Man, I wish I could say I had more to do with it. Um, you know, Cam was ev- anywhere and everywhere this summer. I'm um, obviously playing on that EYBL circuit. He was, uh, you know, uh, at a couple of different events w- with those guys and Team United. And then he was over with uh, Team USA for some of the Olympic trial stuff for the uh, 19 and under uh, USA team. Um, but he was, you know, made every accommodation he could to be here when we were playing and in the Lexington jersey, even when he wasn't playing. Um, you know, we didn't have him at our uh, South Carolina team camp, but every other time that, that we were on the court, Cam was there, uh, you know, either supporting his teammates and then kind of more of a coaching capacity or, you know, actually out there on the court playing for us. So, uh, you know, he had a fantastic summer, really, really worked his tail off and uh, got a lot of great experiences, got to go to a Damian Lillard event, got to go to a Jason Tatum event. Uh, and those NBA guys and those different uh, speakers that they bring in for those kids are fantastic and are, you know, just invaluable to have a, uh, an asset like that uh, in your program. So we're, we're extremely fortunate that he's here for his senior year. How has his game improved from last year to this year? He's gotten stronger. Um, you know, I think that he's really developed a little bit in the weight room, gotten a little bit more finesse. We've got a great – We've got a great uh, strength and conditioning coach here, Trevor Hudson, uh, who puts a lot of emphasis on getting our athletes ready to go and on the court, uh, you know, explosive when they're out there. Um, You know, I think the the other thing that goes a little bit unsaid is that he's developed a little bit more of that point guard-like ability to be able to handle the basketball. Uh, And that's obviously something that, uh, you know, next year with Texas, he's going to have to lean on that a little bit with the, the kind of recruits that they're bringing in and the style of play they have. So, you know, ball handling for sure, but also just being a little bit more physical, a little bit more explosive uh, on his movements has uh, really improved him over this past summer. So what are you seeing uh, overall with your team to this point? I mean, you got the superstar leader there, but I know he's a guy that likes to distribute the ball uh, and get others involved. What about the supporting cast um, and and the makeup of this team as as far as the kind of run you might make this season? Man, you must have been in my practice. Uh, you know, we, we, we had a we had a long conversation about, uh, you know, being able to execute your role and whatever that might be. Um, you know, there's going to be uh, different things and different scouts and different, uh, you know, uh, options that we can take advantage of uh, or hope to take advantage of from one game to another. But 
I think the biggest thing that we're talking to our guys about right now is Jackson Prunty, who's a really highly uh, evaluated 2024 guard. Caleb Evans, uh, who's the 2025 kid. Caleb Campbell, who's the senior. Culture Bell, those are a lot of contributors for us. And we've got a, you know, uh, a platoon of other guys that can come in and do a lot of different things at a high level. We're really in this early stage of figuring out, hey, what do we do efficiently? What do we do well? And how can we get into position to do those things a a lot of the time over the course of a 32-minute basketball game? So that's, you know, it's early on. Mm -hmm. You know, the record says 8-0, but definitely, you know, a lot of work to do and a lot of uh, development that needs to happen if we're going to try to, you know, make history this year. So how do you see – the the competition uh, around your region, um, and as you look around the state, five A boys. Uh, when you get to that point in in February, March, um, how do you see things shaping up around the state of South Carolina at your level? Man, the the level of coaching that we have here in Region Four is tremendous. You know, you've got a state championship coach in Ben Lee over at River Bluff. You've got a Lexington grad, high-level player, state championship appearances with Brett Jones at Dutch Fork. Uh, you got Coach Carr uh, over at, um, at Chapin. And then, um, obviously, you've got, you know, a really tenured coach and Coach Thomas over at White Knoll who's, uh, you know, in the middle of his first year. So, our region, there's not really an easy night. They're going to be well-scouted against you. They're going to know how to attack you on the offensive and defensive side of the floor. And then, you know, throughout the state, there's just such a – really upper echelon of coaches at the top and and throughout all classifications. But you've got guys like David Long at Somerville, Thomas Ryan at Dorman, um, Coach Fowler up at uh, Burns. You know, there, there's just an elite level of coaching when you get to 5A. And so there's, a you know, a little bit of gamesmanship, a little bit of chess match play when you get into – uh, things like playoffs and that, and that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's no easy night when, when you're talking about, you know, high-level 5A basketball in the state. What's ahead immediately for you guys? Any more uh, holiday events, any other major holiday events you're going to be participating in before you get down to the serious business of your region? Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're fortunate enough we're going to be playing in an event at uh, Grovetown High School just across the border in Georgia, uh, uh, part of the uh, Iverson Classic event that's going to be hosted at Grovetown on Saturday. And then um, I think I get my boys to sleep in their own bed four nights over Christmas break. We're going to go down to City of Palms mm. in Fort Myers, Florida, which is a, obviously a year-in and year-out highly acclaimed event, a lot of, a lot of top-tier talent down there. Um, and then we're going to be going out to uh, Myrtle Beach and playing in beach ball uh, wow. after, or right before the new year, I should say, after Christmas. So we're really excited about these next uh, six games that are on our schedule. Ah, it's going to be a real test. You'll have a real good feel for what you got by the time you get through all that. Or a real bad gut feeling, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a feeling it's the former and not, not the latter there with the way you guys are playing. Last thing, what did you take away from the bash in terms of the overall competition, some of the uh, other teams outside the state that you saw, uh, attendance and things like that? Uh, I mean, I think by the end of our game or just at the start of warm-ups for the Oak Hill versus Legacy game, they said it was one in, one out in that Ridgeview gym. I mean, you can't ask for a much better environment. Uh, you know, we played in some big games, obviously, you know, played Columbus last year in the opening round at Chick-fil-A, uh, and that was a real special environment last year at River Bluff, but when you're talking about, you know, the, your your team gets escorted in, you're given a bag and uh, you know, with shirts and gear and different things that these players are proud of, 
um, that experience at the Bash, is, you know, is second to none. And I and I, I will say with the Asterix on it, we haven't been down to Florida or out to uh, beach ball just yet, but it's going to be tough to uh, beat that, that environment and that hot level of hospitality that you see at the Bash year in and year out. Hey, listen, be careful now. Uh, in this day and age of athletics, when you when when you say somebody's giving you a bag, um, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I, it, let me rephrase. It was a BSN bag that said "bash" on it, with jerseys that said the "bash" on it, that were player gifts for our uh, student athletes here at Lexington. I'll I'll clarify that a little bit. That's good. I had I had no doubt that's what you were talking about there. <laughs> they got plenty of time after they leave you to get their bags, right? Yeah, yeah, they they can have all that they want to. I just need you to be focused on 32 minutes of basketball when you're here. Absolutely. Uh, last last thing, um, around the state of South Carolina, as you play your games, Midlands and other places, uh, are you sensing excitement for high school basketball? Uh, are you sensing that um, you know we're such a football driven state? Are you sensing this year that folks are uh, excited about high school basketball around the state and turning out for games? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that there's a huge, um, you know, uh, level of anticipation when we, obviously, when we play some games just with the personnel that we have. But, you know, it's been a real, real, real special thing to see, you know, a state that is traditionally so well-known for football have support for basketball. And, I mean, you know, that starts within the school buildings. You know, I think we've got our athletic director here, Dustin Curtis. He's, you know, done a great job with, you know, supporting all of our sports, but he's really pumped with basketball and how well our women's and men's programs are doing right now. So it's great, obviously, uh, in the community, but it's even better when you see it consistently at the school level. It just brings a different sense of camaraderie and excitement about all sports, not just yours. Well, listen, we appreciate you being with us. Continued success. I'm sure we'll talk to you again. This is something that Coach Combs and I uh, talked about a few weeks ago starting up to help generate more conversation about high school basketball. And I said, Coach, let's not only just have you, let's reach out and bring in coaches from across the state to join you. And ideally, I'd have Coach Combs sitting here talking to you guys, but he's off tonight. Uh, He'll be back with us next week. So we thank you for jumping on board. Uh, sorry that we could not connect with um, coach um, with uh, our other coach we're going to have on. Um, coach Daly. Coach yep. Daly, yeah, yeah. We'll get him another time. We'll get him another time. Uh, and they're off to a great start. I think they're undefeated, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're now, that is that is a 4A basketball team that plays at a very, very high level. And they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to do anything to get better. They've got a bunch of sophomores and juniors on that team. They're, they're going to be around for a couple of years. That's a good group to watch. No question. Coach, thanks again. Talk to you again. Good luck to you moving forward. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys having us. Thank you. Coach Elliot Pope from Lexington tonight. That's hooping and hollering here on Sports Talk. As we go to the Quickly. break, Bergie, you got anything breaking on the SEC schedule? Well, I do, but that's going to take too long, so we'll go recruiting where everything is breaking, and you are right. Uh, the uh, Gamecocks have gotten another commitment. He just announced here the last couple of minutes the uh, transfer from Pittsburgh. Uh, DeAndre Jules is committed to the Gamecocks. So the Gamecocks got According a jewel. According to him. According yes. to him. They got a jewel. According to him. They Sources got- close to DeAndre Jules says he's committed to the Gamecocks. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. 
Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Avoiding excess financial stress from the holidays doesn't take a Christmas miracle. All it takes is a Christmas loan from Founders Federal Credit Union. Our Christmas loan is designed to ease your Yuletide expenses so you can focus on what matters most, spreading joy and love. With our great rates, flexible repayment options, and outstanding service, you'll be ready for whatever the holidays might throw your way. So instead of putting that unexpected sleigh repair on next year's wish list, visit foundersfcu.com slash Christmas loan to unwrap your own magic this Christmas. Relax with Founders Federal Credit Union. Terms and conditions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership qualification required. I'm attorney Jim Corbett. That's the sound of a big hit on you and your car or truck. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years, helping people who get injured in car wrecks and truck wrecks. If you have serious injuries, call Jim Corbett, 803-765-2968, or email me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. I don't get paid unless I recover for you. Jim Corbett Attorney, for your best recovery from a big hit, 803-765-2968, or jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow-roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at secattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. You've put in the work for your education. The extra early, extra late, extra, extra work. That's because you understand education opens doors to better pay, better opportunities, and a better you. Being educated about playing the lottery is no different. It helps you be a better player, one who knows when to play and when to take a rain check. The lottery's a game, so let's keep it fun. Learn more at sceducationlottery.com slash better you. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. I just heard from Coach Staley. He apologized. He said he was at a middle school game that's running late. And so no problem, Coach. We'll get back to you on that. We'll get you back on maybe next week and uh, talk hoops with you, hooping and hollering on Wednesday nights. As like uh, Bergie, Yeah, I think it's going to be a great segment. Mm-hmm. Bergie mentioned DeAndre Jules making it official with his tweet showing him in a Gamecock uniform wearing number six. He's a big dude now. He is a big dude. He's 6'3". 310, and with his commitment, the Gamecocks now 
are looking at a total in terms of their newcomers in this 24 class. They're up to 22. Now, I'm including, maybe I shouldn't, breaking one of my rules, I'm including Rocket Sanders here. That would give them 22 newcomers. And of those right now, one, two, three, four would be transfers from other four-year programs. No, make that five. Five would be transfers from other four-year programs, then the junior college transfer. So total of six uh, transfers there. So uh, apparently a nice pickup for the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. In Jules, um, he had 37 tackles in his career, 37 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, and three and a half sacks in his career there at uh, at Pitt. We got recruiting coming up. Uh, Gamecock Larry's been holding on. He's uh, running up our phone bill. So let's go. And his temperature is probably rising as well. Uh, Gamecock Larry, welcome in. How are you tonight, sir? Hope you're feeling well. I'm doing just fine. Don't worry about the bill. I'll take care of it. Thank you. Yeah, I'll call. I didn't call correct. I called on my phone. But I, I've been thinking that I'll tell you what, I'm getting back to my old self, and I've been thinking about some, that gentleman from Simpsonville. I don't forget his name. I think it's from Simpsonville. Bishopville. Anyway, that gentleman, I don't, I don't know. I've been thinking about you for, for since, since I, I don't remember talking to you. I was kind of crazy. It take me a while. But I've been thinking, how in the world, I, you must be a tiger, or you must be somebody off the wrong team, because you ain't no Gamecock. Mm. When you tell me and you tell the Gamecock Nation that we got the worst coaching staff in the SEC, I'll tell you what. I want you to call me 1-800-CALL-LARRY. I'm waiting on you. I'll tell you, I know you ain't going to call me. I could say a few other things, but I'm going to just shut up for a little Well, listen. Hey, Larry, 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 while we got you on the yes, phone, sir. I want you to listen to yes. this. I want you to listen. Okay, Chris, you they're announcing the Gamecock schedule for 2024. I want to get Correct. your reaction. Here's, here's what we've got so far. Go ahead, Chris. This is Larry, this is who the Gamecocks will be playing in 2024 to this point, and you can tell us how many wins you think they've got here. Go ahead, Chris. All right, and we were wondering what the Gamecocks are selling. This is it. You want to come play the best of the best, come to Carolina because this schedule is insane. They'll open up the year non-conference on uh, September, August 31st, rather, against Old Dominion. Then week two, they kick and- off SEC play on the road against Kentucky. When week number three, it'll be their SEC home opener against LSU. When week four, non-conference game at home against Akron. When got that one week right? Five <laughs> week five open date. When 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 <laughs> when? Then week six to kick off October, they will host Ole Miss. Mm. When. And here's where it gets fun. Week seven at Alabama. When? Week eight at Oklahoma. When? (laughs) How about that, Phil? Wait a minute. Time out. Time out. Time out. Alabama and at Oklahoma. Give me a timeout. Give me a 30 second timeout. So, (laughs) 
you just mentioned they're going to play LSU, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and Alabama in a five-game stretch with Akron thrown in there for relief. And we're going to go 4-0. Woo! Who's after, uh, who's after that? Anybody else yet? Let's see. The, uh, week nine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Week nine looks like another open date, and the Gamecocks will certainly need it. Another uh, open date? Two end, open dates? At the end of October, yeah. Two open dates? Mm-hmm. Looks that way. Okay. How about – so we don't have that's their next as, opponent, that's huh? That's as far as we've, we've gotten. And we do know they play Clemson. We do know they play Clemson. Right. They win, win, win against Clemson. Win, win, so, win. So right we now – Right now, Larry. Larry, right now. Right now. I want you to sleep on this tonight. Now, we don't have the complete <laughs> schedule. I want, they got Clemson. They got Alabama. They got Oklahoma. They got LSU. They got Ole Miss. That's just five. And then there's. Uh, we got Beamer. We got Beamer. Beamer Stamer. We going to win 12 or no. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Mark it down, Mr. Field. Clemson Days in the Sun is fading. They will never be again like they were for the last five, six years. They were going down. And next year, Georgia's going to begin to drop down. Mm. And Dean Costco rise to the top. Mm. But the man from Jacksonville, Simpsonville, called me. I want to tell you, Bishop I want Bill. you to tell me, I want you to tell me who got a better coaching staff than the game Costco got. That's what I want. All right, Larry. Here you go. One more, Larry. Oh, here goes, here's one more. Hey, Larry, here's one to, uh, here's one more for you to dream on tonight. Go ahead, Chris. First game in November, home game against Texas A&M. <laughs> oh, Lord, that's a, that's a guaranteed, that's a guaranteed win. 12-0. 12-0 I'm proven to And let me listen to you on the radio a little bit. Well, I know you're going to talk about me after I hang up because I can't get my radio on that quick. All right, turn, listen, all right so we can talk don't about you. Turn out. your radio on. Okay, all right. talk about me. Go, go, talk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Larry, win. I'm, I'm win. telling you, Phil, this, this schedule is insane. Mm-hmm. Anybody what else got one that's as insane as this? I can't imagine. And and the Gamecocks are fortunate. I say fortunate. They don't face Georgia, Tennessee, or Florida next year. Which is a shame. Imagine if Georgia was still on the schedule. But, I mean, that's I, a I shame. I, I mean, those are three shame. your yeah. – if you they don't consider you a rival, but from your standpoint, your mm-hmm. fan standpoint, those are your three biggest SEC rivals. Yeah. And they're just snatched away from you. Have we got the next one yet? Uh, looks like Missouri at home on the 16th, Wofford on the 23rd, and then, of course, the uh, season finale up at Clemson on the 30th. Okay, so that's it? That's all their games? That's it. Okay, we'll recap it here. And ju- Can you run through them real quick one more time? Old Dominion to open up the year, then at Kentucky, home against LSU and Akron, open date, then home against Ole Miss at Alabama at Oklahoma by week. A&M at home, Vandy on the road, then Missouri Watford at home, and then at Clemson. All right. So I know you had to run through that schedule there real quick. Real quick there, Chris. You want to hit it one more time so we can get a 
a greater understanding of what the Gamecocks face oh, in 2024? How ridiculous it is. Yes. Here we go. All right. Carolina will open the year at home against Old Dominion. Then on September 7th, they open up SEC play on the road at Kentucky. Their SEC home opener, September 14th, against LSU. Then they get two weeks to recover because they, get, they host Akron on the 21st and they get a bye week on the 28th. October is just brutal. Mm. They'll host Ole Miss on the 5th, go to Alabama on the 12th, go to Oklahoma on the 19th, and then to recover they get another bye week at the end of the month. <laughs> and then November 2nd it'll be Texas A&M in town. They'll go to Vandy on the 9th. They come back home for their SEC home finale against Missouri. They'll host Wofford in the regular season home finale against on the 23rd, and they go to Clemson on the 30th. All right, so I know it's early. A lot of things can happen, and we don't know what kind of team South Carolina's going to put on the field. We don't know, really, who's going to be the starting quarterback. We assume this. We assume that. We don't know what the offensive right. line is going to look like. We don't know who the running back's going to be, who the top receivers are going to be for the most part. So with that in mind, looking at this, and, of course, it's the same thing with a lot of these teams. Um, mm-hmm. The LSU's got to have a new quarterback. Um there's going to be a lot of lot of different a uh, lot of turnover obviously uh, across the league, but with all that being said, when I look at this schedule, at first blush, at first blush, I mean, at Kentucky, at Alabama, at Oklahoma, and at Clemson. All right, that's five road games, and did I say at Vanderbilt? No, and at Vanderbilt. So that's one in four right there. I mean, I can't see them winning any of those road games at this point. Could change. The only one of that that, yeah, I, I would put the Vander, Vanderbilt game in the plus column yeah. and the Kentucky game in the maybe column. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I, I I can't see them going to Alabama, Oklahoma, or Clemson right mm-hmm. now. Right now. And beating any of those teams. Then at home, I mean, LSU, Ole Miss, A&M, A&M. Missouri. I always give them a chance against Missouri, though – if that quarterback's back at Missouri, I know they. I think they lose the 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 running back because he Burton's was a one year right? Dale, huh? Is Luther Burden still there? Or is he gone? Uh, you know, I'd have to look at the roster. Who knows? I, I'd have to see. <laughs> Who knows? Got to factor in his COVID year and Who's, all this other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, but you know, maybe they could beat Missouri. I doubt they could beat LSU. Probably can't beat Ole Miss. Um, they yeah, never hardly ever beat coach. Texas A and M anymore. Yeah. Um. And, of course, he's all, they have a new coaching situation there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should beat Wofford. So you're looking at um, – should beat Akron. So Akron, give them Akron, give them Vandy, give them Mizzou, give them Wofford. That's four. Then um, they got to work hard to find two more wins. Somewhere. Yeah. Maybe Kentucky. Like you said, Kentucky's a winnable game. I always give them a chance, Kentucky, home and away. I think that's a pretty even match. Things would have mm-hmm. to break their way. If they could beat Kentucky, that'd be five. And then, you know, you're going to have to beat somebody. You're going to have to beat an Ole Miss at home or an LSU. Or, you know, you're not going to win at Alabama. You're not going to win at Oklahoma. Probably not going to win at Clemson. So, as I look at it right now, I mean, truly, five wins might be tops. If they can get to six wins with this schedule, that would be uh, an accomplishment and get him into a bowl game. There's no question. I mean, and Shane Beamer might be coach of the year if he's able to carve a 500 or better record out of that schedule. 
They've got to make a lot of improvement, especially on that no offensive doubt. line. They, I mean, good gracious. And defensive line. I mean, they're going to have to. They're going to have to win in the trenches. Something they have not done here of late. And because I mean, that's where games are won in the SEC to begin with. And and looking at you're facing, and that's one thing they've always tried to sell. You know, hey, come to come to South Carolina. You want to face the best? You can play them here. Well, this schedule is going to uh, certainly uh, prove that because they're playing the best of the best. They've got a playoff team. One that should have gotten into the playoffs, perhaps at Oklahoma, if they don't drop a game or, or so, and then Clemson, you would think, will be back next year. So, I mean, it's it's as big a gauntlet as anybody's going to face, and that's without facing your natural rivals in the SEC and Georgia, Tennessee, hmm. and Florida. Well, interesting too. You've got three games and an open date, then three games and an open date, and then you got five games in November. That's going to be you talk about a November to remember. That's going to be a November that takes its toll on you. Uh, because you're going to be coming off a stretch where you play Ole Miss, Alabama, and Oklahoma in consecutive weeks. Then you get an open date, and then you get to play Texas A&M at home. So, okay, that's the lineup for the Gamecocks in 2024, and um, all begins on August 31st. We do know Clemson will open their season that opening weekend. I guess that's the 31st in Atlanta against Georgia. Okay. Take time out here for a moment because whenever possible, we like to hear from people who are doing great things in the sports world to help kids uh, and and give back to the sports community here in the state of South Carolina. I want to welcome in from Bishopville, Mr. Randall Bird, who is a, a contractor by trade, but he is also a man who has created a 501C to to help some kids get involved in football and also use football as a way of um, kind of straightening out their lives at a young level. Randall, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? We're doing terrific. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. And tell everybody about what you've got going on. You've been down in Florida, but tell us about your organization and what you're trying to do. Well, it started out with a part and rec helping kids. <clears throat> and um, my kids I had in travel, and it helped them in school. It helped them focus. And I've seen other kids that didn't have opportunities to do the same as mine. So I, I invested time and effort and got the 501c3 going to help kids who they are underprivileged. A lot of them don't have mom nor dad. Um, really, a lot of them has got single mothers who can't afford you know, to get the kids active, get them off the couch. And um, so I just started training football and baseball, some basketball. And um, I started out with a small group, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And we, uh, the kids are better in school for it as well. So, How many kids are you up to now? Right now we got we got 84 under us. We got them in four different counties, um, Columbia, Richland County, Casey's, West Columbia. We got Sumter County, Darling County, and Lee County. And and trying to get all we can. We know we can't save them all, but, hey, we're trying to give them all an opportunity. How do the kids come to you? How do you locate them? How do you find them? Well, in the beginning, like I said, I was helping. I was helping. I'm, I myself didn't have parents and I know what it was like not 
watching other kids do things that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't participate. So I just thought, you know, I get old enough, I'm going to help kids in situations, you know. So I started with Park and Rec in Lee County. And then I kind of went, drifted over to Sumter County as well, sponsoring and trying to help kids. And, well, slowly but surely, uh, single moms, other people helped spread, spread the word. We've had, um, we had some advertisement help on one of your stations out of Sumter. Mm-hmm. They volunteered some airtime, and it, it got out. And being around and being hands-on involved, spectators to see what we're doing. We'll be even in a public area um, like Sumter Football Park and Rec Field. Well, what are y'all doing? And I'll tell them what we're doing. And they're interested, and they want to send their kids to someone who's um, – we're actually licensed coaches, licensed high school referees. We're, I don't want to offer – tell a parent, hey, come let me teach your kid. And – I don't know what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. everything that I everything that I do as far as getting credentials and high school referees and middle school, I'm actually a head coach at a middle school, and I have a head coach, uh, Lamar Ray. He he's really great with kids, and he knows a lot of you know a lot of single moms in the Columbia area. Who's all these other places, they're not even 501c3s, and they want to charge so much money for uniforms, for helmets, for cleats. And what we do is, like uh, like I said, it's a 501c3, and what we do is provide get people to help us provide the equipment, provide the uniforms, where a single mom really takes a lot of financial stress off of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have gotten the attention of Dick Sporting Goods last year. Um, so Dick stepped up and helped us, and we got, we started out with about 14 kids in, um, March of 2019. By November, I had to buy a school bus. It was so, so many kids looking for a way out, Mm -hmm. and the word started spreading. We bought a school bus, so we can, uh, take the kids back and forth. Here, six months ago. Um, we had to buy another van, so the overhead is starting to pick up on us. Um, so we we look for help, you know. We look for any kind of help we can get, not only financially but in kind donations. I would like someone to help us with a website. We got a small website, and well, frankly, I don't really know how to handle a website per mm-hmm. se, um, and I definitely don't have a time. Yeah. You know, if there's someone to help with that, that would that would even help our kids. Um, come help, coach. All we ask is you do a background check, and your heart be in it for the kids. And you're based out of Bishopville. Yes, I don't know. I'm sorry about that, Phil. I don't know how much you heard. No, I heard the whole thing. You're based out of Bishopville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. I heard everything. Yeah, we're. We're based out of Bishopville. All right, let me ask you this because we got to run. How can folks reach you either through the, your website or direct contact? What's the best way to reach you? Direct contact would be a area code 843-230-6186 mm-hmm. 
or we have the web presence off season youth sport dot org off season youth sports dot org uh phone number eight four three two three zero six one eight six correct that is correct Phil and I'd like to say one more thing I know you gotta go mm-hmm. you know the the biggest thing we are probably a true the one of the youth sports organizations that's truly a non profit our coaches volunteer their time um, they're not looking for a paycheck. And and the joy that we get is like teachers come up to me, and I see them at the grocery store. Thank you. Um, little Johnny was so bad all the time, but now you made a difference. He's listening to us. His grades is picked up. He's not he's not in trouble anymore at school. You know, that that's fulfilling, and that's almost our goal, you know. It's a good one. We salute what you guys are doing. Thank you for contacting me, reaching out. Hopefully this will get the word out to some folks. You'll get some response, and feel free to keep in touch and let us know how it's going. I sure will, and thank you, Phil. And it's a tax-deductible call, so just look us up, Secretary of State, any way you like. Reach out to me any time of day. You got it, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, there you go. It's... uh, Randall Bird, and it's a great cause, and you can help help some uh, youngsters who are aspiring to be football players or athletes or just trying to get things uh, squared away in their lives. Again, it's offseasonyouthsports.org, offseasonyouthsports.org, 843-230-6186. Great story, uh, Chris. I mean, this is a man, he's a contractor, you know, he's a contractor by day and, and night and weekends. He's out of Larnburg, North Carolina, but now lives in Bishopville. And uh, he's taken it upon himself with some help from others to um, to try to help out some kids who need some help. I admire him uh, because that is not an easy thing to do, especially when you're trying to uh, just do it on your own. And hopefully he's getting the, the necessary help. And I think it's great that one of our affiliates was kind enough to offer up some advertising and some promotional mentions for them because getting the word out is, is one of the big challenges that a lot of folks have when they're trying to do good. It's just, hey, there, there are a lot of good stories like his around the country. We just never hear about them mm-hmm. because good stuff doesn't print ink. It's always the bad stuff. So I, I, I applaud you for getting him on, and, and it was good to hear from Randall of what he's trying to get accomplished. Okay, I'm going to do recruiting here in just a moment. Okay, oh, so uh, Rocket Sanders has officially committed to South Carolina, he tells, on three sports. This oh, was posted okay. a minute ago. So that is now official. And give me just a second here to just get that uh, retweeted. This is from well, while you Hayes do that, Fawcett. Yep. Since Seawells is the uh, proud presenting sponsors of our recruiting report. Yeah, go ahead. Here is the perfect, I've already got the NIL deal for Raheem Sanders. Since he likes to go by Rocket, he needs to hook up with Seawells because, of course, they are directly located, what, next to, Phil? Right across the street from the Rocket at the fairgrounds. This would be a perfect opportunity, right? Yeah, the rocket. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you got meet meet rocket at the rocket. Meet rocket at the rocket, and then have lunch at Seawells, where tomorrow they'll have salmon croquettes along with herb roasted chicken, fried pork chops, farm fresh vegetables, salad bar, and dessert. Okay, very good. 
Uh, and don't forget Seawell's 11 to 2 for the uh, luncheon buffet. And, of course, for the very best in the catering business, that, too, is Seawell's. And their phone number to reach them to uh, make an appointment, 803-771-7385, online at SeawellsCateringSC.com. Okay, seeing something else here on Twitter, I don't know what it means. Let's see if I can go back and find it here. We just mentioned that uh, Rocket Sanders is in, according to uh, Hayes Fawcett. Now i got to find it here. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to that tweet again. There we go. Hayes Fawcett uh, on three sports. Rocket Sanders has officially committed to South Carolina, he tells, on three sports. 1,443 yards, 10 touchdowns, 28 receptions, 271 yards, two scores. That was in 2022. Only played in six games last year because of injury, so obviously his numbers were down. Also, Anthony Carey, Anthony Scooter Carey, a running back out of Florida, tweeted out a picture of himself uh, in Gamecock garb about 30 minutes ago. And I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know if this is a picture. This is where you got to be careful without yep. really knowing. Uh, Just think Juice Wells. <laughs> well, no, what I'm thinking is um, was this picture taken today? There's a picture of him in some of the – in front of where they take pictures of the – for the photo shoot. It's a photo shoot picture. And I don't know if it came from today or from a previous visit. He didn't put anything on there about committed. But, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, with what South Carolina's done already with running backs, why would another running back commit? You know? Good question. I mean, you can't have so many running backs in your – in your running back room, quality running backs. So I, I don't know what that means with him, but that's what he tweeted out. All right, on to other recruiting. So uh, Rocket Sanders now officially uh, committed to South Carolina. Another running back, North Texas transfer, Oscar Attaway, 5'10", 219, out of Little Rock, Arkansas. He committed to the Gamecocks last night, made his official visit over the weekend. He said he really liked the realness of the coaching staff. He says it's just nice to have somebody – Tell it to you straight. He appreciated that from uh, Beamer and uh, Ontario Hardesty. He says he just wants to win. He'll do whatever they want. If they want him to carry the ball a lot, he will. If they want him to block, they want him to catch uh, passes. Uh, he's he's good for all of that. He had 344 carries in 31 games. He rushed uh, for 1,935 yards and 14 touchdowns in his two seasons with the Mean Green. And then today, receiver Jaden McGowan, 5'8", 180, announced he'll transfer to USC from Vanderbilt. And, of course, uh, we talked about him earlier. Caught 80 passes, 836 yards, three touchdowns with the Commodores. He has excellent speed. And now Sanders is in, and the Gamecocks got the commitment as well from the defensive tackle transferring from Pittsburgh, um, Jules. And a big pickup there, DeAndre Jules, 6'3", 310, uh, joining the Gamecocks. South Carolina State transfer running back, Jawarn Howell, 6'1", 215, uh, wrapped up his visit to South Carolina today. He told us this afternoon he had been offered by the Gamecocks. Of course, that offer had come a few days ago. Um, he also has an offer from Indiana as a true freshman. 
He rushed for 664 yards and seven touchdowns. USC offered Texas Tech transfer offensive tackle Monroe Mills, and he's scheduled a visit Thursday per Gamecock Central. USC offered Furman grad transfer offensive tackle Pearson Toomey, 6'3", 285, and he's picked up a bunch of other offers. On three, national recruiting analyst Sam um, is it is it uh, Sam Spiegelman? Is that what it is? I've just got his Twitter handle here at Sam Speaks. Uh, lodged logged an expert prediction for Mississippi State to land four star as they rank him four star running back Daniel Hill. South Carolina, Tennessee. And uh, Alabama had been his schools, but he visited Mississippi State over the weekend. USC commitment corner Jalewis Solomon of Ellaville, Georgia, confirmed his plans to sign with the Gamecocks next week. He posted on X that, quote, my recruitment is officially shut down, end quote. He's been committed since mid-October. Florida State made a run at him, but he's going to stick with the Gamecocks. He says Shane Beamer, Torian Gray, Clayton White, Sterling Lucas from the Gamecocks, in-home visit with committed corner uh, Braden Lee, Springdale, Maryland, last night, hoping to firm up his pledge. He took an official to Maryland last weekend. He told a Terps website that Maryland was still in play. Clemson target, Middle Tennessee transfer offensive lineman Keelan Rutledge, committed to Georgia Tech. Former Coastal Carolina quarterback Grayson McCall, committed to NC State. The shots picked up former Michigan State quarterback Noah Kim. He's 6'2", 185. Spent four seasons in East Lansing, appeared in 10 games over the last two seasons. He passed for 1,264 yards, nine touchdowns, and six interceptions. USC offered Alabama transfer defensive tackle Isaiah Hastings. He's 6'4", 290. Also been offered by Cal, Houston, Michigan State, Troy, Memphis, Washington, Illinois, South Florida, Virginia Tech. And he did not appear in a game this season, and in just one game in 22, he's from Toronto. Former Texas A&M defensive lineman L.T. Overton, who visited USC last weekend, going to take an official to Alabama this weekend per 247 Sports. Cardinal Newman receiver Cortez Lane commits to NC uh, North Carolina A&T. Lexington quarterback Taden Mines commits to Lenore Ryan. Gaffney quarterback Riley Staten plans to announce a commitment December 19th. 2025 quarterback Cutter Woods of Westside was offered by Syracuse. Okay, anything else happened while my eyes were on my paper? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm sorry. I was trying to get the story on the schedule put together. I, st- I just still can't – I'm flabbergasted by what USC's got in front of it next season. I mean, if Gamecock fans want to see some really, really good teams – they're going to be able to see them both at Williams-Brice Stadium and also on the road. Yeah. The month of October, though. I mean, good grief. I mean. Ole Miss at home. Then you go to yeah. Alabama and Oklahoma in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I'm, I don't mean to be, you know, crazy negative, but you got to be real about it and look at uh, at where they are and look at who they're playing and the odds of winning those games. Now, anything can happen. We know that. Sure. Anything can happen. Game in, game out. But. Uh, every one of those teams that they're playing in the SEC, except for Vanderbilt, uh, is on an uptick right now. <coughs> it's not like they're playing Florida, who's not on an uptick. It's not like they're playing Mississippi State, who's not on an uptick, though they have a new coach. 
I mean, every team they're playing. Auburn. Every you know. Auburn, yeah. <laughs> every team they're playing except Vanderbilt has a. Excuse me. And maybe Kentucky. We'll yeah. see what Kentucky looks like. But everybody else they play there has got a. Of course, Texas A&M, new coaching staff and everything, but they're still Texas A&M. And they'll be better on defense. They're always hard on the Gamecocks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that'll do it. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Josh. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow.